Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the first episode of a little series we're doing, tentatively titled The Cult Popshire Oscar Season. Yeah. 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 Name... Yeah, tentative. Tentative. Oh, Cold Pop Oscar season. What's a I better mean, I name? I guess we'll, we'll have had to think of a name by the time this is released. Well, I th- maybe I've sealed the deal by calling it that then. Yeah. So we're we're going to be doing a series of podcasts for the next um, six weeks, and it's going to be called the Cold Pop Oscar season. Um, and and the reason the reason for that is because it's Oscar season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're going to be talking about different things related to the Oscars in between our film franchise Four Nights episodes. My name is AJ. I'm with uh, my my good friend and co-host uh, Richard. Hello. And for the first time on the Cult Popshire podcast, but not the first time being involved in Cult Popshire as an entity, it's Aaron. Hello. How are you doing? Aaron, um, Aaron for, for those... Aaron, what's his last name, AJ? Richardson. Correct. And I remember that because your name is Richard Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um if you are a fan of uh cold popshire you may have seen aaron in one of our episodes of soda popshire and he was also uh re- in our most recent uh comedy sketch the church of latter day lewis and he was also the actor portraying uh troop and winger and troop but not the voice yes fun imdb <laughs> trivia i voiced troop um aaron also wrote Church of Latter Day Lewis. That's true. Dude. I don't know if you want credit for that. I I would. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, the the because I wasn't first listed on in the credits, I'm a little miffed. I think you were actually. Nah, it says directed by Richard Martin. First. Oh, does it? It oh. should. <laughs> yeah, that's to be expected. Um, so today the topic we're talking about is just sort of not the Oscars in general, but a a prominent narrative um within our filmy communities that is basically are the oscars important are they prestigious or are they stupid and dumb um and before we get into it um i do have to credit some sources because this is borderline plagiarizing (laughs) these articles Uh, i got most of the stuff we're going to be talking about today from an article uh, from Hollywood Reporter called 19 Hollywood A-listers and why the Oscars still matter and one who says they don't. And I also got a lot of this information from an equally as um, prestigious website called Zimbio uh, and that article was called Actors Who Hate on the Oscars and that's going to be a lot of what we're talking about today. A lot of the information um, that we're pulling from is actors or celebrities or filmmakers who have expressed their opinions on the Oscars um, and we're gonna. I've sort of categorised them into different different categories depending on what they said, and we're gonna sort of discuss are the points they've said relevant? Do uh, you know? Would you agree with them? Would you disagree with them? But right off the bat, um, Aaron, as an actor, um, primarily, is that your is that what you tell people you are? 
Uh, no, I still tell people <laughs> I'm a bartender. Yeah, I, t- um, I tell people I'm a content creator. Right? <laughs> that's that's I don't, way I don't. more pretentious. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'd rather be a content creator than tell people I was a bartender. <laughs> Co- did I say content creator? I mean cocktail creator. But as an actor, what do you think of the Oscars, in your opinion? Oh, I... I like the Oscars. I mean, it's something to admire. It gives you something to, like, strive towards vaguely, you know, like... It can can feel very, like, meandery as an actor, I think, like, not working towards things. So, like, seeing people at the, like, height of their craft who have, like, worked for ages and, like, built towards getting an Oscar. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's cool. It's cool. It's just a cool thing to follow more than anything, to get excited, a reason to get excited about movies and performances and and stuff. Yeah, and our pathetic lives. We latch on to anything we can. Yeah, well, I'm a bartender. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Richard, you're also a... Somewhat of an actor, Ugh, would you say? No, I wouldn't say that. I might um, have said that a few years ago, but not not these days. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I I love the Oscars. Like, I, I it's one of those. It's like almost like a guilty pleasure for me. I just like I love following them. I love watching the ceremony when I can, and I love um, like each year I try and watch all of the or as many as I can of the Oscar nominees. I'm, I'm almost through them this year. Last year I did a real bad job. I haven't even seen Moonlight. But, Sorry, La La Land. <laughs> They'll never get old. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just, um, like Aaron said, it's just a fun thing to get excited about. And it's one of those things, if someone came up to me and was like, oh, why do you like the Oscars? They're lame for this reason and this reason. I'd be like, cool, I've got my own opinion. I just, I just, yeah. I, like, I can't defend why I enjoy them. I just, they're just fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I more or less agree. I would say I'm not, I'm not, um, especially excited about them necessarily but it's like i don't know i like getting excited about anything so like i'll jump on board if people are watching the oscars i'll be like yeah i'll get in on that like last year yeah yeah basically yeah like if if you went in my life richard i don't know if i'd care about the oscars as much you make me a better man (laughs) um so first of all we're going to go through the category uh the oscars are stupid and dumb and i've sort of arranged these from like um least like the like filled with the less venom to filled with the most venom and and, yeah. w- and what people said so the first category i've got here is simply who cares and this is um it's like so who cares about the oscars and it's somewhat inarguable much in the same way i don't give a shit about sports games and i'm borderline offended by reality tv shows and soap operas like the fact that you called them sports games <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely i genuinely don't know what else to say i would just say to, sports 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 games no specific sports, no, no 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 i would say no, if probably. i can if i can defend my my um wording here in, in the same way that like people get real excited about like a a rugby game in new zealand or a what do they play in america baseball american football yeah american football american football like i don't i couldn't care less about them but i also i also have a few friends who are like total diehard sporties and they don't care about the oscars yeah well it's interesting though because you say i like i don't know if it's the same with you but i feel like if i went to america i would love to go to a baseball game just because it's like it's it's funny because it's actually like because i've seen it in movies and tv all the time i would get so excited to actually be at a real baseball you know what specifically with baseball i would i would go see a baseball game i probably wouldn't go see american football game yeah yeah (laughs) i mean baseball is the american the national pastime yeah yeah exactly um and i mean you know since we're such good friends with david mickey evans who directed (laughs) a great baseball movie called the sandlot yeah um yeah i'd love to go see a baseball game yeah well all accounts from most people i've heard go to america baseball is just like the biz live but it just sucks so hard to watch on tv <laughs> yeah like i baseball's a cool sport 
It's like table, but harder. Mm. And table's the best sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, on the subject of who cares, um, actress, French actress Julie Speaking Delpy. Of table, who cares? <laughs> uh, French actress Julie Delpy, she's from the, the, before, the before trilogy. Yeah. Um, she had she's the also following, in Age of Ultron. She had the following to say regarding she the Oscars. This movie. It's not about if you're good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about whether you're wearing the right clothes that day. Who cares? There you go. You know, and I can I can see that. Someone like Julie Delpy's probably not in the Oscar conversation too much. What else is she even in? Other um, than Avengers and... She's in uh, the Three Colours trilogy. She's in one of them. I think she's in Blue. Um, she has been nominated for an Oscar. Really? Uh, she was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Before Sunset. Which is only adapted because it's a sequel. Mm. So it's not original characters. But her, Richard Linklater, and Ethan Hawke were all nominated. Similarly, so actress, there. actress Sally Field, who I believe has Oscar. Yeah, she, she, she won Oscar. She's the, you yeah. like me. You really, really like me. Yeah, yeah. She, I thought she was. Um, she had the following to say about the Oscars. What's the Academy Award mean? I don't think it means much or anything. Very good. Yeah, she's a very... She's she's like the sassy old lady in this sort of stage of her career. I feel like, like was she nominated for Lincoln? Yeah, she was. She lost to Anne Hathaway. Um, for Anne, was it Anne Hathaway and Lincoln? <laughs> for um, she Lomas. played Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. Anne Hathaway played Daniel Day Lewis, who played Lincoln. Um, yeah, she is like. I don't know if I remember seeing this somewhere. It's just the kind of thing I can imagine. But like asking her about the Amazing Spider Man, she'd be like. Fuck, I haven't seen them. I don't care. <laughs> like, she's like that kind of, you know, I mean, she'll do those comic book movies for the paycheck, but she's not interested at all. Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, who cares is somewhat, you can't really, you can't really convince someone who doesn't care yeah. that they're important. But at the same time, I would say someone who says who cares probably isn't tethered that much to their belief. <laughs> Either they don't, they don't hate the Oscars, they just don't care about them. Yeah. Um, so moving on from... Let's put my keys on the table. Which, like, there couldn't be a louder activity. <laughs> we our, our, our main podcast counter is still covered in, in loose change, though. So yeah. we haven't changed that. Um, so moving on from the who cares argument, I've got here, the Oscars create a sense of elitism. Um, so this is quite a... This, we're getting up there and, like, a lot of people probably would say this, that certain movies just don't qualify for the Oscars. And at times these exclusions can feel pretty arbitrary, you know, like why does this, there are some that are obvious, you know, I'm not going to complain why Geostorm didn't win, didn't, wasn't nominated for an Oscar this year, but I don't know. There are certain movies that I would have thought should have been nominated or shouldn't or, or yeah, weren't. That's, that's actually quite an interesting conversation. Should we read these, mm-hmm. um, these statements and then, cause I think that's actually a really interesting conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, first of all, um, Harry Potter actor Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, mm. um, had the following to say on this subject. I don't think the Oscars like commercial films or kids' films, unless they're directed by Martin Scorsese. He said... Oh, he said... He said... <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Hugo the other day and going, why is this nominated and we're not? I was slightly miffed. Uh, there's a certain amount of snobbery. It's kind of disheartening. I never thought I'd care, but it would have been nice to have some recognition, just for the hours put in. Mm. And, um, oh, Ethan Hawke, another before before trilogy actor, he also commented on this subject. So asinine. If you look at how many forgettable, stupid movies have won Oscars and how many mediocre performers have Oscars above their fireplace, making a priority of chasing these fake carrots and money and dubious accolades, I think it's really destructive. Hmm. This is a good argument. This is, this is, a, this is a biting argument. 
Yeah, this is the the Oscars are a circle jerk argument, essentially. I mean, we've got that one later down the list, right, but, okay. but no, um, it, it definitely it's, it's similar, plays into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, there are Oscar movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, it is, they do obviously like what they like. They, they love films about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there are a lot of shitty films that have won Oscars. Suicide Squad has an Oscar. Um, and then there's a lot of great actors that don't have, Ethan Hawke doesn't have an Oscar. Um, but you know, someone well, like- he doesn't want one, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah the Oscars yeah. are asinine. I don't yeah. even want one. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. If someone gave you a ticket to the Oscars, you'd go. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And it's interesting you bring up something like Geostorm is that, yeah, should the Oscars be awarding based on- as a movie or as like, or should it be based on like intentions, you know? Cause something sure. like, like wonder woman, which a lot of people were saying was going to, what a lot of people were stupidly saying is going to get best, was going to be not for best picture. I'm going to move my keys. It's going to be real loud. Um, just so I can put my album. Down. Why'd you do- <laughs> Um, they were real. I could feel them in my pocket and because it's so hot, they were like, anyway. Um, yeah, because in, I mean, oh, actually third back, third act of wonder woman is debatable, but, um, in terms of what it set out to do, it like it perfectly did it more or less. It almost transcended what it set yeah. out to do. Um, even even saying like the Dark Knight was pretty close to getting a nomination, and it's the Dark Knight's kind of um, like uh, credited with them expanding the number of nominees because it used to be just five Best Picture nominees, five for every category, and then after the Dark Knight didn't get. A nomination they were like fuck five is actually just not enough so now it's 10 and then i think a few years later the blind side got nominated and they were like fuck we're really struggling to fill 10 <laughs> so now it's anywhere between five and 10 so it could be um and like this year it's nine which yeah. is actually like quite means that well, like 2017 was a pretty good year for film yeah. um but i digress uh yeah like should the oscars be there, there is an argument to be made for that they should be um, oh, you know, nominating based on intention because even if even if they never want Wonder Woman to win, it's just such a like a lot of these comic book movies and genre films are never going to be Oscar winners. But just having you know, I mean, it happened this year a couple of times with um, say like Academy Award nominee Jordan Peele on his uh, you know Academy Award nominee Camille Nanjiani mm. is like such that can carry the rest of their career yeah yeah just on one nomination yeah I mean and there are I, I can I, I'm sorry Daniel Radcliffe but I do understand why Harry Potter wasn't nominated for best picture I can understand was that, that even what he was talking about he might have been talking about horns no I think he was talking about Harry Potter okay um, yeah he's talking about commercial movies yeah yeah not horns. Um, but then you do get movies such as from this um, this past season, we've had Blade Runner 2049 and The Disaster Artist, probably my top two movies from last year, neither nominated for for Best best Picture. Yeah, I think the James Franco allegations definitely hurt mm. The Disaster Artist. But yeah, Blade Runner 2049 is interesting because if that had been a box office success, there's no doubt in my mind it would have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But they're, yeah, that, that's one of the complaints to be made for the Oscars is that the voters are stupid hmm. they don't watch these movies they just th- like the fact that boss baby's nominated for um best animated feature that's yeah, insane like although I-, I read an article that was talking about because it's basically like we're going to give it to coco let's just chuck in four others yeah and like the fact that 
neither the Lego movie nor the Lego Batman movie was nominated in the years. It, like, seems foreign to me. I mean, like, if you didn't see them or you don't know anything about them, you'd be like, there's no way I'm nominating the Lego movie. Yeah. But um, the fact that Ferdinand got nominated yeah. is, is actually kind of stranger than the Boss Baby because the Boss Baby generated conversation. And yeah, people, yeah. like, you know, people can say, oh, I know the Boss Baby. I know the Baby Man. The Baby Man. <laughs> um, we had this conversation when it came out, Aaron. Do you reckon there's a kid out there? You know how when you're little, you call, like, Home Improvement was called Tim the Tall Man Taylor? Yeah. Like, like, can I watch Tim the Tall Man Taylor? There's a little kid out there who doesn't know the Boss Baby's called the Boss Baby. And he's like, <laughs> Mom, can I watch the Baby Man? <laughs> <laughs> Which is infinitely creepier than watching the Boss Baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Ferdinand, no one's talking about Ferdinand. Mm. That's weird. Mm. I mean, they'll be talking about it for a hundred years. Yeah, it's, yeah, a yeah. it's a classic. It's a classic. Brought to life by John Cena, finally. Mm. Did cool, you see cool. either of those films, Aaron? Um, I, no, I haven't seen either of them, but I've seen the trailers for Ferdinand. And if it's any, if it's anything like an expanded version of its trailer, <laughs> um, it's, it's shooting for mediocrity at best, I think. <laughs> yeah, and probably not even achieving it. The fact that like at, I don't know if this is... I'd actually really be interested to know if this is an international thing. If you're listening, any of our international um, listeners. Um, but at Event Cinema, which is like a local cinema chain in New Zealand, uh, they were playing the, like, please turn off your cell phone thing. Mm. That was like a Ferdinand one. It was like Ferdinand squeezing into the cinema and then the, like, Kate McKinnon's character... Um, has a phone ring. They hear a phone ringing. He's like, "Oh, who is that?" And then she hiccups this phone that was inside her stomach and answers. She's a it. goat. Yeah, she's a goat. And um, she's like, "A survey? Of course, I have time." It's like you weren't raised in a barn. Please turn your cell phones off. And Ferdinand's like, "Actually, she was raised in a barn." Um, but that was playing for like over a year. <laughs> that before- was, that, yeah, I think that that was obvious by your like perfect recital of it. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone else have the experience of? Did any other like centers have that experience of? Only knowing Ferdinand from this one before the movie tra- like, and then it was like it was like eight months before I actually saw a trailer for Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah. I just I only knew about it because of this thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of yeah, it does raise questions of like what you're awarding and why you're awarding it. You know, like you think about yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is too early to get into the argument or whatever, but you think about like films that win Khan or like stuff that's like you know seen as theatrically good you know like you talk about um the disaster artist missing out or whatever you know but then you think about movies like i mean i think of the florida project for a start you know, mm, like movies, sure, yeah. movies that are like universally well liked by critics and stuff and that still miss out you know and you still you get movies that like like why should should like should wonder woman as an example be put in which is like potentially a worse movie like as a whole package but because of like what it's striving to do it should be put above like a movie that's like critically better i think is an interesting i mean and that was probably acknowledged by logan this year getting nominated for best adapted screenplay it's it's not gonna win but it was still it was nominated for it and that's is that unprecedented like i guess i guess Uh, the screenplay nominations nominations can be okay there there's there's often some surprises in there i think that's probably where the what they set out to do comes because like the big sick being nominated it's like a fantastic movie and script but it um like i mean yeah it's not like prestigious but it's like a perfect well i say romantic comedy but it's like kind of twists the genre a little bit yeah yeah that's an example of the i think the screenplay nominations is where you can kind of get the more interesting sort of films and it speaks a lot to um because you know obviously like a film is nothing without its script yeah so it speaks quite a lot to the quality of the film but um i mean is there an argument to be made for like 
having because you know the golden globe splits it between best uh drama and best musical slash comedy and they they were they're always um there's always a big argument when it's like um the martian, oh, the martian and get out with the martians the, Mar- the get out i can understand nominating that for a comedy it's a it's a horror comedy but the martian wasn't a comedy <laughs> what are you talking about the martian's funny though yeah but it's but, not like, a comedy every, it's a drama golden globes are doing this but it's like it's what the studio puts it forward as yeah so, so it's their fault yeah um but like is there an argument to be made for splitting the oscars into um like best blockbuster and best you know i i think there might be maybe maybe best blockbuster shouldn't be a a one of the big categories but yeah i mean it's it's so it would cause so many arguments because it's like you know logan w- would be yeah, a classic yeah. example of people like what's why is it a blockbuster it was logan a western changed my life um but yeah i mean it's something they should that they, they should they shouldn't do and they will never do but i mean it's an interesting what if so the next argument that I've got here uh, is the Oscars turned filmmaking into a competition. And this is this kind of thing is why we get hammy Oscar bait films. Um, the one I've noticed this year would probably be Gary Oldman and The Darkest Hour looks very... That's what I would describe as Oscar baity. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's working, so... Yeah, yeah he's, gonna, he's probably going to win it. But <laughs> no, the, the, the fact that it got nominated for Best Picture I found a little bit odd. But um, I think the post is more obviously Oscar baity. Mm. You know, yeah. like it's... Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation at some point where it's like it's like Steven Spielberg was like, oh, I got some time on the hands. When, yeah. I, when I ring up Tom, see what he's up to. Let's, yeah. let's do. Let's Tom, do this. you mind getting Meryl on the horn? Just uh, <laughs> might might go for the Oscar this year. Um, uh, Are you like, doing Ready Player One? No, no, it's, 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 post will take care of yeah, that. Yeah, well, I was thinking about doing maybe the post. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this kind of attitude, this um, film, this filmmaking competition thing, um, it means that a lot of filmmakers try are trying to please the academy instead of trying to make the best film they're going to make for whatever reason for themselves, whatever artistically credible reason there is. Um, actor James Cromwell had this to say on the subject. The Academy Awards were basically created by the industry to promote pictures. They weren't really to acknowledge the performances. Then it became sort of this great popularity contest, and now it's an incredible show and it's seen all over the world. But the strain on us to put ourselves up against other people to think that's some kind of contest, and it isn't a contest. We're all in this together. So I quite like that. That's very... Um, who Do we know who James Cromwell James, is? Yeah, James Cromwell is... In, is he in Babe? No. No, that's, no, that's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the, he's the he's the... Yeah, he's in Babe. Okay. And is he going to be in Jurassic World? Yeah, he's going to be in Jurassic World. Oh, nice. All right. Anyway, the next quote. Yep. So the next quote we've got here is from um, acclaimed actor Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, man. I wish I could do a good Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) Total, utter bullshit. I don't believe in it. It's a carrot, but it's the worst tasting carrot I've ever tasted in my whole life. I don't want this carrot. It's totally subjective, pitting people against each other. It's the stupidest thing in the whole world. This is very probably the most hateful quote on this list from a man. I think he said that the year he was nominated for, yeah. for the master. Maybe maybe it was the master, but I know he spoke out against it because I knew he hated them before the master came out, and then he was nominated for the master, and everyone was like, "Shit, I guess they've made peace." But because I was actually just like just the other day, I was watching an interview with him on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And he was nominated for Golden Globe for Inherent Vice, and because um, and Jimmy Kimmel's like, oh, so how, you know, how does it feel to be nominated for something like this? Because I, you know, I know you've sort of um, said things in the past, and he's like, no, no, it's it's great. Like you know, like it's 
it is really nice to be nominated for these kind of things. Like it's, it's yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to poo poo something that essentially, and then he goes on to say, but do you know who I do find attractive is Amy, Amy Poehler. Am I saying that right? Poehler? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Poehler. And he's like, I didn't ask you. That. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh no, cause she's hosting the golden globes. Like, all oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, so he like has a crush on Amy Poehler. Um, yeah. So, this is an interesting argument. It's probably not one I'd thought of, like, well, not one that was articulated as well as until I was reading all these quotes. Um, yeah, it is kind of a pressure cooker to make, um, to shoot for this certain type of film. And I can't think of any examples. Oh, maybe um, Silence, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. We're like, like that I was so sure I never saw it but I was so sure I was going to get nominated for an Oscar because it's Martin Scorsese's film and it was it was notably omitted from last year's Oscars and like that to me was like isn't that interesting that someone maybe I don't know Martin Scorsese's work ethic but it almost felt like he was aiming for an Oscar well that was a massive passion project for him was it yeah he was working on that for years okay maybe not then I don't know but but it is a it is a situation where competition maybe it's healthy competition and it's being it's it's making people maybe strive for the wrong reasons i guess well, i guess it depends on it depends on the the director and the actors because yeah. something like um for, i don't know for i don't know if this is there's any truth behind this but uh there will be blood and uh, no country for old men they came out same year they're considered two of the best films of the last 11 years they came out 11 years ago uh, i was gonna say 10 years but um but they uh, not going to wrong, me and ended up winning the Oscar, but they filmed right next to each other. And there's actually, um, there's a scene in There Will Be Blood where there's a massive fire and the smoke from it um, blocked out the sun on the set of um, Not Going to Wrong Me and they had to like stop shooting for it. They didn't cancel <laughs> a day's shoot. Can we can we get a movie, like a biopic about the making of those two movies next to each other and That'd it's like this, this feud to make the well, best well, yeah, like, I feel like that's a more kind of healthy competition because it's like yeah, yeah. these both these films were like happening at the same time. It's Coen Brothers versus PTA yeah. who are like two of the you know best directing teams and, and people and i feel like and it actually kind of it's a healthy competition in the sense that they're pushing each other a little bit to kind of strive to be better to be honest like everything about the film industry is like inherently competitive like yeah you, sure to to claim that like competition is somehow something that these people have never encountered before in their life is sort of pretty ridiculous you know like the audition process is basically a competition between you and like 20 other people who are mm-hmm. in the room you know getting funding or like getting into the room with a major studios competition between you and basically every other filmmaker like in new zealand you know like when you mm. apply for funding you're competing with other people yeah. you don't go in there with like a sense of malice of like oh i'm really gonna ruin your films with this film you know? yeah and at, and at that level you'd never be like Oh, New Zealand Film Commission can fuck off. I don't. It's a competition. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never it it is. That's an interesting point. If all these films weren't competing to win an Oscar, they'd still be competing to make more money. Yeah, or you know, the directors themselves are competing with yeah, themselves yeah. to like make the best film ever, yeah. or like their best film, which is like good. You know, like competition. I feels like sometimes really good. Yeah, and that's why we got an actor on the podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I think it's um, yeah. To say that it's, you've never encountered competition for before, before is bullshit. So shut up, James Cromwell. And but, <laughs> I guess their, their point is... Jacqueline Phoenix. Joaquin. <laughs> but yeah, I guess their point is like, you know, why are you, are you like channeling people away from true like artistic progression if, you, if they're like 
competing for this prize like mm-hmm. and i guess yeah it depends how much you buy in and why you're why you're competing like are you just competing yeah is it, in your heart are you doing this for the right reason yeah yeah i mean like the the competition argument i would kind of have a bit more time for is um that you can't really compare two performances sure a, a lot of the time like um and this is like what with the gary oldman thing this year is that he turned in a very bombastic performance as you know it's it's very look at me i'm acting which is what the academy loves and that's 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 one of the arguments people make against the oscars is that it's i mean i'm I don't, sorry is this on your list or <laughs> um but yeah no the fact that they they award obvious performances yeah and, and stuff like that and um whereas my my favorite performance of last year from what i've seen so far is timothy chalamet in call me by your name and that's like this beautiful vulnerable understated performance where it's like no one else can play it the way he did it's like this it, it takes a 21 year old actor with that level of vulnerability that level of skill um and it's it's subtle it's understated whereas you can put anyone in a fat suit and have them yell in a british accent Ooh, those are some some vicious words to old gary oldman old old man oldman gary oldman's one of those ones that i i i want him to have an oscar he he, this is his second nomination ever here i had his first one was for tinker tailor soldiers by which is an incredibly boring film um (laughs) but yeah he's one of those actors that deserves an oscar but he yeah i i'm kind of disappointed if it's for this yeah yeah i mean comparing those two performances is so interesting because i think it sort of talks to like how do you judge the merits of performance and probably like the most obvious way is how we judge the merits of like what things are worth you know it's like can you see the labor in it um sorry my screen just went dark i was just doing the old scratchy scratch come back to life thing yeah but like how how do you don't don't clarify that any further (laughs) people either understand it or they don't that's fine yeah like how do you how do you judge the value of anything and like part of like in a capitalist world is like being able to see how much effort went into it you know like with gary oldman you can like you presumably you can see him like straining or like yelling loudly yeah. his jowls just flopping about yeah, exactly. yeah. audibly just in the wind <laughs> actually pretty much <laughs> very a very jowly performance if he got if he got if he got um actually fat for the role yeah that'd be something else yeah would it though like is it is it better that he like did it well not being fat and you're like man i really believe that he's a fat dude <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that speaks to the makeup though it's actually incredible makeup in the okay. it's probably so it's some of the best trend like um what's the word like transformative i was gonna say transgender i was, like, I was gonna say I transgender. This I, was film. Like, I am gonna stop myself before i say that because i mean on the other side of the scale you've got what the once great kevin spacey looked like when he was in Get all the money in the world now that that was um jordan peele um oh, <laughs> because before before um christopher Plummer was recast in all the money in the world Kevin Spacey was playing that character, and he looked ridiculous. Have you seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the nose. He, so strange. He, he looks like a, an elf. <laughs> looks like the yeah, weird lumpy kind of. Yeah, oh, and like yeah, that that to me. Whereas um, we we watched Monster recently with Charlie's Theron, and she looks incredible in that. And a lot of that is prosthetics, but I mean, yeah. a lot of it's just shaving your eyebrows off. <laughs> Maybe that's what acting is: is just shave, shaving your eyebrows. Aaron thoughts. Uh, I can confirm, shave my eyebrows off. Got a got a sanitarium. <laughs> Look up um, up and go bus ad. 
and you'll see, see our friend Aaron. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, that's another thing is about the uh, competition performances that they tend to award um, transformation, mm. like how far you'll go in transformation. Yeah. Well, and not to not to. Um, Poke a, poke a very large bear here, Richard. But um, am I, I the bear? Or is you're the bear. You're the bear. Um, if I may, not to poke a, a fat, disgusting. <laughs> no more. The the, the the issue is the bear, but the issue belongs to you. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, one of your least favorite actors. Um, he, you know, famous, famous for never winning an Oscar yeah. for years and years. People are like, do you know that Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't even have an Oscar? And like, it's like if he was going to get an Oscar, he'd get it for um, Gilbert Grape. Like, you know, like... That's the only year he deserved it. Yeah. And he won it for The Revenant. And I read a great... It was probably an article or a headline. I only remember this quote from somewhere. Google these words and you'll find it. That Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant was not acting well. He was acting hard. Yeah, 100%. He was acting harder than other actors, but yeah. not better than other yeah. actors. And again, he, you know, he ate bison liver, even though he's a vegetarian. Um, and I am committed. Girl beard. Yeah, like girl beard. He got raped by a bear, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know about this? He had to come out and say, no, the bear didn't rape me. It just mauled me. It was like this massive controversy. All right. Um, but yeah, like and the, to the point where Leonardo DiCaprio actually had to comment on it. Um, no, but, I didn't kiss the fish monster. I banged the fish monster. <laughs> that's what it'll be that, this that's year. That's it this year, yeah. He's, um, but the fact that, and, and it's actually really interesting as well, then coming back to one of my favorite performances of last year, is that um, The Revenant ends with Leonardo DiCaprio staring into the camera as if to say, have I done it? <laughs> um, but Call Me By Your Name ends with the exact same shot. Um, oh, spoilers. But, with Call Me By Your Name, I was like, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> this year, you've got the transformative performance of Gary Oldman versus the um, uh, vulnerable, kind of more uh, more yourself sort of performance of Timothy Chalamet. In the year of The Revenant, you had this like grunting across the snow. He actually did this. He was freezing. He slept inside a horse. Performance of Leonardo DiCaprio versus the much he superior. He had sex with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have sex with a horse. <laughs> I was inside the horse, technically. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, was your penis inside the horse? And he's like, what? I mean, all of me was, so yes. <laughs> um, I was wearing and pants. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, what, would you say you've had sex with your mum because you were once inside your mum? And then all the reporters just kind of backed away and he sort of realises the weirdness of what he's just said. And he's like, um, oh, I shouldn't But he was that. up against Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, which is probably the which, best performance. Which objectively should have won. Yeah, so. <laughs> which is objectively a better performance if you're comparing the two, which you can do. But again, like the Fassbender thing, are you just like, man, it's the best performance because he's the most like Steve Jobs and you're like, man, he's just transformed into Steve Jobs. Well, it's actually interesting that um, he was the third choice to play Steve Jobs. First was um, Ashton Kutcher. No. First, <laughs> no, he already did. Um, first was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my um, God. Second was Christian Bale. He's too busy third being was Michael horse. Fassbender. All, um, so Leo passed on it to The Revenant. Uh Christian Bale passed a lot to the big short and Michael Fassbender took it. All three of them were nominated that year for their, for those roles. So they all made the right choice. Good, a good year for, for Best Actor nominations. Steve Jobs is such a good movie. No, like... You, I agree. Have you seen it, Aaron? Nah. Oh, it's you good. need to watch it's it. It's, it's, it's really Steve good. Jobs movie. Yeah. No, Jobs. Like, people, people discredit Steve Jobs, Jobs because, it's because of Jobs, but man, it's real good. 
Um, all right, the next argument we've got on this list is it's a self-congratulatory echo chamber, or as you so eloquently put it before, Richard, a circle jerk. <laughs> um, so it's the Hollywood elite congratulating each other, and they think they're the cream of the crop, even though the Oscars are kind of self-appointed, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the best people in the business decide who the other best people in the business are. Um, yeah. So on this um, subject, actor Javier Bardem had this to say. I live in Spain. <laughs> They're a bit more clear than that. I live in Spain. Oscars are something that are on TV on Sunday night. Basically, very light at night. You don't watch. You just read the news uh, after who won or who lost. It's like, I know you could probably do a good Spanish accent and get you off. <laughs> there was to- a good Spanish accent. <laughs> It was the best I've heard. Um, <laughs> another Oscar winner uh, commenting on this actor, Anthony Hopkins, had the following to say. I can't stand all that. No, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I can't stand all that. I find it nauseating to watch and I think it's disgusting to behold. People are groveling around and kissing the backsides of famous producers and all that. It makes me want to throw up. It really does. Um, it's sick making. I've seen it so many times. I saw it fairly recently, last year. Some great producer mogul and everyone kisses this guy's backside. I think, what are they doing? Don't they have any self-respect? I want to say, fuck off. Now let's take a guess as to which producer mogul he was talking about. <laughs> what do you mean? Presum- Presumably. Right. I was going to also comment, imagine reading that quote in Trump's voice. Like, I've seen it so it's many times. I saw it fairly recently, actually, last year. Because like, he always backs it up with, like, yeah. a, a specific example that just makes... Not not to say that it's a bad argument. Not to say Trump's a bad person. Or that, that Anthony Hopkins <laughs> could probably play Trump in a movie one day. All right, so this, this comment's actually a bit of a controversial uh, commenter. This uh. is from actor-director Woody Allen. Give me your best, Woody Allen. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, there are two things that make me, me that bother me about them. That's terrible. Um, that was good. I thought it was good. They're political and bought and negotiated for. <laughs> and the whole concept of awards is silly. I cannot abide by the judgment of other people because if you accept them when you say you deserve an award, and you don't have to accept them when you say you don't. I actually then was you, Then busy. you do have to accept yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, I didn't take in any of that comment. So he's saying I don't, I don't understand why he's saying that. that if you give them the power to say you've done well, you also give them the power to say you've not done well. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting, Woody Allen. How about you go and do another horrible thing that people for some reason forget about? <laughs> yes, interesting. You're talking about giving people power and taking advantage of their power. So what do we think of that? Not, I don't really have much to say on it. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, this is probably... Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, Yellow. Um, yeah, this is the one that um, I feel like is pretty... Um, yeah, I, I can I can believe it's it's like because if, it is it is the academy is made up of their peers. Yeah, yeah. If you've ever worked at like a um in an office job or something like that, it's like when you go to the 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 in the like self contained office um, awards ceremony yeah. and they give out the awards for for best best thing that happened in the office and it's like who is judging this yeah. what, what which which spectrum is this being based on that thing that my boss saw once and he was like damn that's funny i'm gonna nominate that for an award <laughs> never in the office but yeah <laughs> i guess it just so happens that hollywood's the biggest office job there is <laughs> yeah um yeah there is a lot of like favorites in the but then you get people like um, and I think that, in, in a sense, that's how like someone like Leo wins an Oscar for The Revenant. I mean, it's not the best performance, but people are like, 
Just oh, give it to him. Give it to him. He's earned it. Yeah. Um, and but then at the same time you get the reverse of that is like Kubrick and um, Hitchcock never won Oscars, mm. which we'll probably get into more on next episode. But um, and Teasy Weezy. Um, yeah, we that, should have like, saved it till after the the exiting um, music cue, so then we could say we have an after credit sequence that hints at the next. Oh, I thought you were talking about like we're getting played off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. Um, I was yeah, going to say this isn't Life of Pi, Richard, but I couldn't remember the name of the film in time. But here what? it is, because the VFX artists for Life of Pi got played off when they were accepting their award. All right, do you know, do you know the worst case of like someone being played off is? Um, you know the film Once? Yes. Um, and do you know? <laughs> John, John um, Carney? Yeah. It's um, it's like just this beautiful little film about like these two. It's a musical. Well, it's like it's a film about music more than I'd say it's a musical. But it's got this kind of film called uh, Falling Slowly in it. And that won the Oscar for best um, best song. And it's a duet between a guy and a girl, the, the, the lead actors in the film. And um, that won best song. And so the they both got up there and the guy was like oh thank you so much i want to thank my family i want to thank um john carney blah 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 blah, blah. and then he gestured over to the the his female co-star and she walked up to the mic and they just played they just played the music as soon as she was about to speak so he got to give her that, that would never happen this year no um but um john stewart was hosting that year and like two awards later he was like come up and give your acceptance speech oh that's cool yeah Anyway, where was I going with it? I um, don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the fact that the same people kind of tend to win or get like you, um, classic example this year, Denzel Washington nominated for a film oh no one saw that's not even coming out in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's there because, well, okay, not to throw conspiracy theories out here, but I do think that slot was maybe for James Franco and then everything happened and now he's yeah, not. Yeah, there's very few cases of someone winning a golden globe and then not even being nominated actually happened like two years ago with aaron taylor johnson won the golden and globe for best, no best supporting actor for nocturnal animals and he wasn't nominated for the mm. academy award yeah and the, yeah so franco won golden globe for mm. acting yeah but but it's interesting with um because <laughs> yes, like, I'm, I'm looking at richard for say yes this yeah, is there, there's there's 10 lead actor nominations at the golden globes because you have the two different genres but there's only five for supporting actor supporting actor in any genre right. so the fact that aaron taylor johnson won and then wasn't nominated is crazy but yeah i can believe the because like it's pretty much the same five nominees except daniel kalua kaluuya won for uh was nominated for best comedy and he is now put in the big boy category yeah i think it is kind of um what here's here's a, another to i'm sort of just delving into conspiracy theories here but um I, I have this theory that I've noticed that the Oscars the Oscars award what is the best kind of like meta story. So the the Os- in the Oscars so white year, not that it didn't deserve it, but Moonlight won, and Moonlight. That was the year after the Oscars so white. Was it? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. But, was, but, they, but they, in they, response to yeah, um, yeah. It, well, the fact that also the first award they gave out that night was best supporting actor, and they gave it to an African American Muslim. Yeah, the, and and what is Moonlight about? Yeah, like gay people. Like it's it's the. That's what it's about. I yeah. want to make something clear. I'm not one of those people who, who thinks like, oh, you just it's just tokenism. I don't think that. I haven't seen Moonlight. I'm sure it's great, mm. but it's 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 a nice story. It's a nice story. Whereas like La La Land is about a white guy saving jazz. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is a very and, white movie. Yeah, so it's a nice story that that Moonlight would win. Similarly. Heath Ledger winning Best Supporting Actor 
posthumously. That's a nice story. You know, you hear these things when you hear, oh, the other one is the artist won Best Picture and it was the first silent film in da-da-da-da-da years, decades, to win Best Picture. They like those little anecdotal things. They like it when, when, when you hear, did you hear that Heath Ledger could be nominated posthumously for Best Supporting Actor? You go, oh, well, I hope he wins then because what a cool story. Mm. You know, and, and, then the, and then the Oscars are like... Hold that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to change the envelope. Like opens and rips someone else's name out. <laughs> um, and similarly, I was just, I when I went to Disaster Artist, when you know there was Oscar buzz around Disaster Artist, I was like, yeah, it won't win Best Picture, but if James Franco wins Best Actor if if he does, then that's Tommy Wiseau notoriously terrible actor you know basically there was this whole narrative about how tommy never got to go to the oscars right and so this was going to be rectifying that and i was like yeah that'll happen the um the disaster artist will win one of the big awards i'd never really vocalized this this is just what i assumed disaster artist will win one of the big awards and that'll mean that tommy wiseau gets to go on stage at the oscars what a great story Mm. you know hmm is this what our topic is? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is interesting because I think part of that is like the greatest argument against self-congratulatory echo chambers that like in a way they sort of, they respond to a circle like, jerk, Aaron. Please. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> circle jerk. You know, like, yeah, it, you wonder whether like the changes that they make is because like, oh, fuck, there's people criticizing us. Like maybe yeah. we, maybe we should finally give some awards to African-American people or like whether it's like, oh, no, actually hands up you guys are right we've been a bit racist for quite a while and and are are either of those both of those results leads to good you would say well they did go on the the year of oscars so why the head of the academy came on stage and was like we're going to diversify the academy um and came out and said we're gonna have make sure there's equal representation of african-americans and women Mm. in the academy so that like they can't say we're going to nominate more black films or more gay yeah, films yeah. next year um but they if we've got more people from those less represented um demographics voting for the films yeah. in theory yeah, yeah. You know? and also you compare them to like other other award shows you know like like because well, did, did moonlight win any of the other ones like this? pretty sure it won like oh yeah actually because it was because um Something like the Golden Globes, yeah, um, La, 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 La Land's Land. musical, yeah. Um, whereas Moonlight wins drama, yeah, that's true. So it's- um, yeah, no, and, and, and they do, they do tend to bend to the social outcry of the time, right? So yeah. after Oscars, so white. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's the politically correct? A film about black people won one best picture, right? And if you compare last year, best actor was won by Casey Affleck, who's now under the bus with well, sexual- he, was at the time. he was at the time, but still won the Oscar. And at the time, because of the the 
social climate, I was kind of okay with that. I was like, yeah, all right. Like, everyone's done it. <laughs> no, it wasn't an everyone's. You, you, took the, you took the Gary Oldman round and being like, everyone was thinking it. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, he, I like he, was, he was the best performance I'd seen that year, straight up. Yeah. But now, I mean- one of the one of the people campaigning for an Oscar was literally recast at the last second because of sexual assault allegations, and and again that like, makes a good story for Christopher Plummer to be nominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Um, and but is that like sorry? Is that like a good story? Is that them being like, oh, come on, man? Like, I think we've it's got a- to show them that it wasn't wasn't right. So let's nominate Christopher Plummer. I think it's a good story. Really- I do. I yeah. think it's a good story. Like so, like. Um, it's a it's a morally good story. Yeah, the fact that it's like um, it's it's showing Kevin Spacey we don't need you. Yeah, yeah. Um, like House of Cards is going to clean up at the Emmys next year. <laughs> yeah, but because the the public voice on sexual assault wasn't as um, strong as it was this time last year, Casey well, it isn't even sexual assault. It's just actually just assault against sure. Um, huh. He, he he just assaulted women. He didn't. It wasn't Casey Affleck. Yeah. All oh, right. It wasn't. I don't um, think it was sexual. Sure. Nature. But but still, someone someone convicted of or like accused with a crime that if that came out today, you'd be like crossing another one off your list. Yeah. You'd, like he still won the Oscar, whereas James Franco, whose accusations are still pretty up in the air. Like he's not thrown out of Hollywood in the same way that Spacey or Weinstein are, but he's not even nominated. And some would say it's a snub, you know, like there's a, mm. there, there's, there is a, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. they, they are, they are bending. So to, you're to, in support of sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm merely making an observation that the Oscars bend to the, yeah, the, yeah. S- the social morals changing. And that's good. I yeah. Guess. Oscar's so white next year. But like this year is the, probably the least talked about, um, like in terms of controversy it's like it's being uh, applauded for its um diversity it's got you've got the first ever female um uh, cinematographer you've got one of five um both african-american and one of five um female directors so um nominated so yeah this this you like they are being into the social norms and finally maybe finally that social sort of commentary is just there shouldn't be any problems, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and 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 in that sense, it kind of makes for good stories. I mean, like, so people have to find something else to complain about. Like, this year, the fucking Grammys, there's this hashtag going around. Have you guys seen this? No, Hash- I don't know anything about the Grammys. Hashtag Grammys so male, because males took home all the main awards. Right. Um, but for the first time since 90, I think it was 99, um, there was no white males nominated for Record of the Year. It was Lord... Uh, I think Kendrick Lamar, Bruno Mars, Childish Gambino, and I'm one of the who won? black male uh, Bruno Mars. But um, oh, my least favorite of that lineup. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah. Then they had to find something to complain about. Um, so they well, don't say it like that. Grammy so male. No, like it is like all like ninety percent of the response to or like the mentions of Grammy so male is get over it. It's not a problem. Right. The, the head of the Grammy said. The girls need to step up. He actually said that. Well, okay, um, no, that, that's, that the, a, that's the, the a girls very, just weren't as good this that's year. That's a very high school gym teacher kind of approach to it. Like you, you want like step up, then dude. Like I think maybe the maybe I don't know the Grammys. Like um, the Grammys are trash. The like, Grammys, I actually want. I don't, I don't trash. know the Grammys bureaucracy as much as I know the Oscars, but the Oscars, it's like it's it's a bunch of white men deciding these things. Whereas the so it is an actual problem. Whereas maybe with the Grammys, it's more um, uh, this should inspire the Grammys healthy competition. Is one hundred percent like um, 
the, they have like hundreds of, well, not hundreds, but they have heaps and heaps of awards. Um, so like Carrie Fisher won for, um, posthumously for um, Best Audiobook, which is a Grammy. Um, but they, they don't televise those things. It's like, okay, fair enough. They, the Oscars, there's some really technical awards they don't televise. Um, but like they don't even televise Best Rock Album. And it's like, it's just this, the same artists every year. A few years ago, they gave Beck record of the year. And that was like, some people were angry about it, but it's like, finally you actually showed that you listened to some of the albums and didn't just give it to Beyonce. Right. Um, and Beyonce, the, your, your female Leonardo DiCaprio. Female Leonardo DiCaprio. But she, um, but the Please fact direct that your like hate this- mail to coldpopshamedia at <laughs> gmail.com. Um, but the fact that there's like, it's just the same artists every year. They don't listen to any of the albums and it's this three hour live show where they give out 10 awards if that and it's just this like big concert that no one cares about lord wasn't asked to perform the only female nominated for record of the year wasn't asked to perform and they asked her to perform in this tom petty um like tribute and she was like no right so it's like if you're eating out of a toilet don't be mad that there's shit in the toilet yeah yeah, exactly. Let's move on. So the next, the next argument this is our last argument for the Oscars are stupid and dumb, and probably sort of playing off what we've just been talking about. The Oscars straight up promote evil, um, and this is probably more a statement on Hollywood in general as opposed to the Oscars as a, as its own thing. But we uh, we we like the three of us as movie people do get lost in the idea that movies are super important, and they are they are important to, to culture. But you know, to pop culture the, specifically, the the. the <laughs> Um, I was going to say the President of the United States, but and this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible example. The Prime Minister of New Zealand probably isn't thinking, isn't isn't frustrated that James Franco wasn't nominated for an Oscar. You know, like they're probably not they're probably not concerned with with these these things. Um, but there are major issues with the world that are, that even though the Oscars do bend to them, a lot of them have historically been ignored or inadvertently supported by the Oscars. Um, probably the most famous example of this was, um, you know, the acclaimed acclaimed Mar- actor Marlon Brando. Um, he won an Oscar for The Godfather in 1973, but instead of um, going up on stage, he sent a Native American woman up to collect his Oscar where she basically talked about, like, how her people's land was being decimated, and I'm pretty sure she was booed off the stage yeah, which it wasn't taken very lightly no, no, i'm pretty sure no one knows who she is as well wow so um but marlon brando did have this to say after that happened the motion picture community has been as responsible as any for degrading the indian and making a mockery of his character describing him as savage hostile and evil I feel like Marlon Brando is a pretty easy one to impersonate. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't go for it. For <laughs> yeah, it was more the subject, the gravity of the... <laughs> gravity of the quote, right? Well, Brando, I'll have you know that Indian is a politically incorrect term. And also, why are you saying mockery of his character? You sexist pig. Do you think Marlon I'm glad he died. <laughs> Do you think Marlon Brando was sexist? I feel like that... 100%. That would make sense, 100%. right? Yeah? Yeah, no doubt. It wasn't racist, though, and that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we found him rooted him out (laughs) media personality howard stern had the following to say on the oscars promoting evil the oscars are the same place where charlie sheen types can go and get applauded this same industry by the way that wants roman polanski to be forgiven for raping a 13 year old it's time it's that it's time he'd be let back into the united states said stern there's a lot of confusing morality here 
Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, Roman Polanski's got weirdly like not a not like a big player in this conversation of like hashtag Me Too and stuff like that, yeah. despite being the the OG like <laughs> sexual assaulting director, you know? Yeah, and the fact that he's he's not even like if he got nominated for an Oscar, he wouldn't be allowed to attend the ceremony. Mm. And, and I think that happened a few years ago. And he's he's made films, and a lot like a lot of the actresses who are now coming out against. Um, sexual assault in Hollywood. Signed- well, I don't think any of them ever came out in favour of it. No, but they sorry, sure, but they signed that petition to forgive Roman Polanski, essentially, which sounds like propaganda. That's not true. I've heard it everywhere. You've heard about this? Yeah, the, we the, watched a video about it together. There's, there's a yeah, there's a. So, Aaron, have you heard about this? No, I have not. Uh, there is allegedly a. Um, petition signed by loads of A-listers, like na- names that will disappoint you, like Meryl Streep, I think, is on is one Natalie of the signatures. Um, to uh, Natalie Portman to allow Roman Polanski Natalie Portman back into back into the business and to be forgiven for a crime he should be spending his life in jail for. Like, now what was that crime, Major? Uh, well, as Howard Stern so eloquently put it, raping a thirteen-year-old. That's what happened. That's what happened. People like to pretend like it was this nuanced situation, but yeah, that's what happened. So another media personality, Anthony Bourdain, um, had this to He's say. A chef, right? I don't know. A media chef, yeah. yeah. <laughs> media chef. The, chef. This website wasn't clear. With I think I might have actually said chef, and I would have been like, what does that mean? And just <laughs> ignored it. Yeah, he's uh, like a television chef. Right. Yeah. So he had the following to say, for some reason, the chef is commenting on the Oscars. But this is, this is what he said. A rich chef. Uh, nothing like watching millionaires in formal wear talk about world hunger. It just makes me want to throw up. I understand that they're well-meaning and have huge platform and it's satisfying to everybody there and to people who already agree with them. But if you're looking to change hearts and minds as a strictly tactical matter, I don't know that it's that effective. Yeah, that sounds like something my dad would say. <laughs> That's my first thought would say when reading that. Um, no, but, I mean, it's not untrue, isn't it? Like, it is the richest people in the world talking about how, you know, there's sadness and brokenness yeah, in the world I yeah i mean i don't know if i'd call that straight up evil you can on one hand you can you use that argument but then at the same time and as much as i don't want to defend them um the fact like and and specifically the speech because it, it kind of takes me off is that um when leonardo dicaprio won his oscar he used it as a platform to talk mm, about climate change very good rebuttal um and the fact that, and like, he is actually someone who's doing a lot of work for it, which is probably why he doesn't have any time to be fun or come across as um, any, <laughs> relatable in any way. Um, Things I don't like about Leonardo DiCaprio, he didn't deserve that Oscar that he won, and he helps the environment. <laughs> but um, That's your argument, right, Richard? <laughs> yeah. But like, the fact, because you can, it's easy to say, oh, you know, they're millionaires and they're telling us how to live our lives but i mean anthony bourdain's a millionaire um yeah but he's he's also a chef (laughs) he's using his platform to call them out yeah but like the fact that and and a lot of these like um the oscars as as we say are often in response and and i mean like filmmaking itself is in response to is responsive a lot of the time so you have films coming out that highlight issues and it's like even if you've got millionaires that aren't doing anything about it the fact that because, like we said at the, at the top of this, that movies, we find them important. They can actually, like, change your life. And, like, I mean, I can't leave a specific, specific example right now, but there's, like, you know, movies where you watch and you're like, this is opening my eyes to a world I never knew about. And, you know, if a movie's seen by 50 million people and it's about climate change, you know, 
a dozen of them. That's very, that's on the tiny end of the scale, but a dozen of them might be like, shit, this is actually a real problem. That's, I need to. That's help actually out. advertising's philosophy. Like, that's how ads work, yeah. is that you put an ad out to 10 million people. If 1% of those people respond to that ad, that then that, that ad has served its purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's all about investment versus return. Well, um, that actually segues quite nicely into the next half, assumingly, of this podcast, um, which is the Oscars are important and prestigious argument. And the first category, um, much in the same way that um, the who cares about the Oscars argument was inarguable, this one is, I've called, it's just fun, you know? <laughs> like, some people just like the Oscars. Who cares? Leave us alone. And um, this, is, <laughs> this is what actor slash writer slash a hundred other things, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is that he said? Yep. Um, had to say on the Oscars just being fun. Yeah. My brain is a compendium of Oscar moments. Tom Hanks' beautiful acceptance speech when he won Best Actor for Philadelphia in 1994. Roberto Benigni climbing over chairs and wanting to make love to everybody in the world when life is beautiful won Best Foreign Language Film in 1999. Kim Bay Singer presenting in 1990 and telling the audience that one of the best films of the year, Do the Right Thing, was not nominated for her to take a stand 25 years before. Hashtag Oscar So White was incredible and impressive because the time has shown the persistence. Pr- fuck. Showing the pre science prescience prescience of that of that film. Yeah, do you like how I? I did yeah, it was good. Um, executive producer, what does that mean? Ryan Murphy um, <laughs> had, had the following to say on the Oscars: just just being just being fun. Well, I, I still remember being four years old and watching Elizabeth Taylor come out to present Best Picture, and she was all tan and wearing this tremendous Chopard jewellery. It's a great thing that the show does in celebrating the movies and artistic talent in a big, glamorous way. More and more now in a socially conscious way. For me, it's the gay Super Bowl. I think he's gay. I yeah, think that's he? what that meant. Yeah, I <laughs> well, he, made, he made Glee. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah, he made, he's uh, the guy behind Glee, American Horror Story, American oh, cool. Horror Story. And yes, I've lost many an Oscar pool. My most devastating loss was when Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie lost the original song Oscar to the theme from Norma Ray. I'm still fuming about that one. Rainbow He's just given me my connection. biggest snub for next week. <laughs> um, no, totally. Thanks for just spoiling what next week's episode's going to be about. Well, wow, Richard. Two weeks <laughs> look, look, I understand there is tragedy in the world. I understand there are evil men and great, great like levels of power. Um, but there is something magical about executive producer Ryan Murphy's statement there. Like, and it is just, it's just fun. Like you, it's, there's that, that type of negative Nelly that get mad at people for just having fun. You get it with, with a lot of blockbusters and like, even we're guilty of with something like Transformers. I'm very cynical about, but something like Richard with, like you've talked about before, how like Marvel for you, despite the complaints, despite the sameness of the franchise, it's like, hell yeah, another Marvel's coming out. Let's have a bucket of fun. Like, and that's what this is to me. It's like, oh, I'm so excited about it. And to try and take someone's excitement away, depending on what they're excited about, is just a real bummer, you know? Yeah, it's like making fun of someone's laugh. Yeah. 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 Um, 
physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, another one of your um, exclusive <laughs> the DiCaprio Club of celebrities Richard Richard hates, um, also had this to say on the Oscars. The Oscars matter because they all they give us all something to argue about other than our political differences. And I mean that's what entertainment is, isn't it? Yeah, escapism. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like, I, I, I agree with this quote, and I like that for once he's not trying to um, point out how much smarter he is than me. Oh, the rest of that quote was, um, unlike me, who are <laughs> always thinking about political differences. Um, so this kind of leads into our next argument, which is, uh, no, well, they're kind of, they're kind of okay. merged well, together. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just want to say, like, Le Memoir Miranda's one is so, like, 100% I'm the same. It's, it's like... Oh, I just I just love learning about the Oscars. I love like what's who's the oldest person to ever win? It's like, oh, cool! Like, and then, Statistics, yeah, like that, that kind <laughs> trivia. Of yeah, I, I love trivia. That's Everyone loves trivia, man. Yeah. This whole podcast is like every, like, t- like, every trivia time, time. I watch a movie, I'm like, cool, straight to IMDb trivia, yeah. and I just yeah, I, I just love knowing shit like that. And yeah, like it's it's just a, it's just fun, and it's this yeah, like you said, it's the same argument. You can't uh, in the same way I can't convince you to care about it. You can't convince me to not care about it. Uh, the next argument we've got here is they are inspirational. Uh, and for young filmmakers and actors with aspirations of making it big, the Oscars can ignite the fire that dr- and drive for success within them. As three people who in we'll high probably school... probably win one of Oscars one day. High school decided that we wanted to work in the high school? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got into movies in high school and was like, I want to make movies. And yeah, the Oscars are a great kind of like inspirational thing to look at you look at you know certain certain oscar winners speeches and you're like flip that's so beautiful like you know i mean i wouldn't say flip but yeah flip flipping heck <laughs> what the what the <laughs> <laughs> um oh we're back to executive producer ryan murphy i put him on here twice he had the following to say about the oscars being inspirational growing up in indiana the oscars were a religion in my house it was a breath of fantasy and a way to imagine what life could be do you know that until you read it out, I always kept reading that as India? And I was like, it's interesting that he grew up in India. <laughs> <laughs> you just brush over that part. I think it's interesting that we already established what his voice sounds like. <laughs> you chose not to. You <laughs> grew up in Indiana. <laughs> Rainbow connection. Um, 20th Century Fox film chairman and CEO Stacy Snyder had the following to say about the Oscars being inspirational. Even though I was in pajamas instead of a gown, the glamour of the Oscars required my childhood self to treat the telecast with a reverence that echoed the pomp and circumstance of the movie stars inside out television. Uh, the family assembles in our den and watched attentively. Enthusiastic exclamations were permitted. Talking over the show was not. And as the evening proceeded to best picture, so did my proximity to our family's sole TV set. By the time the final presenter said, and the award goes to, I was almost physically inside the TV. Did you have sex with the TV? <laughs> Were you wearing pants? <laughs> I literally fucked the TV. <laughs> literally. I mean... A young child. Um, my feelings about the Oscars haven't changed. If you see me sitting in the Dolby Theatre on that amazing night, you'll see me leaning forward, soaking up every bit of pomp until best picture is handed out. But I admit, sometimes I miss being able to watch in my pajamas. Full circle. What a good quote. Yeah. That's um. That is such a something that the twentieth century Fox film chairman and CEO would say though. Oh, nah, yeah. <laughs> like that's something that like it's refreshing to hear like a CEO say that. Right. Like. 
the CEO of like Miramax, you know, you wouldn't hear say that kind of thing. <laughs> too, bu- <laughs> too busy. Uh, you know, some- I-, I can't imagine what kind of quotes he would give. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah. Shall I find some? <laughs> Should have put them in here. Um, he's probably said something. Oh, 100%. Have you he seen how much he, money I'm making? He's never said anything about the Oscars. Yeah. Just never. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's I, I really like that quote because it's so started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if she, she probably would have Oscars if she's enlisted as a producer on some Best Picture winners. But um, yeah, like just the fact that she can now go to the Oscars and, and still has that magic even now being on the other side of film. Mm. Yeah. Well, speaking of starting from the bottom and now they're there, um, actor Matt Damon had the following to say on the Oscars. Uh, My favourite Oscar memory is, uh, (laughs) I think that year we won, uh, that Ben and I won it uh, for Good Will Hunting, which was 19 years ago. Uh, I kind of remember all of it and none of it at the same time. We went from watching on TV to being in the front row. There was no gap here when we got to sit, but in the back. (laughs) Uh, So I think that this is why that first one of me uh, that we went to was so memorable. Uh, I can't recall any specific thing except getting up on stage and pushing Ben to the microphone because neither of us had planned a speech, nor had we even talked about it because we uh, both knew, without saying this to each other, that it w- that would be jinxing it. Uh, and then if we didn't win, <laughs> we knew uh, for the rest of our lives that we had a conversation about what the speech was going to be, so we had no plan at all. When we got up there, we I realized one of us was supposed to say something, and I, I pushed him. It came with a pretty good one right off the top of his head, but I think it involved us screaming out people's names. Isn't that giddy? <laughs> They're, like, yeah. excited yeah. and giddy. And, like, yeah, the, that's cool. Yeah, there's another, actually, it was Matt Damon as well, another real interesting quote I saw on, uh, he was on Graham Norton, he was talking about the Oscars, and Graham Norton asked him, uh, about you know winning an Oscar at such a young age, and he said, um, which kind of goes against this a little bit. But he said, "Yeah, you know, how did it feel to win that?" And he's like, "I'm so glad I won it at the start of my career because I've got that on my fireplace for all time." Oh, Jesus, I've got that on my fire. I had the I had the treadmill in AJ's room. The this, 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 the seldom used treadmill in AJ's room. Well, don't tell them that. Tell them there's a treadmill, but don't tell them it's seldom used. I said, "Don't tell them that." You went worse. You no, sorry, deep. sorry. It has been used a couple of times. Never by AJ. But um, anyway, yeah, he said um, that the fact that like. I now know that it, it doesn't mean anything. I, I like young actors can strive all their life and, and winning that at the start of my career, I know it's not going to fill a hole in your life. It just, it actually just doesn't mean anything. Wouldn't have hurt his career though. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. That, that hole uh, in, in your life can only of course be filled by heroin. Um, Aaron, do you have any, any thoughts on that? On heroin? <laughs> on, on the heroin, horse. On Matt Damon. Uh, just a, big fan of heroin to be honest um no yeah no i mean yeah it's yeah joyous and the the idea of like going to the oscars and dreaming about as a kid is pretty amazing sort of a thought you know just for anyone who can understand the idea of like dreaming of something as a child and then fulfilling that like going to the olympics or like you know being a ceo or whatever yeah like yeah, it's like I'd love to go to the Oscars, even just as a, like a sitting at the back, like and not in the film industry. Like, I would demand front row. <laughs> I, I'm not going for less than front row. Yeah, someone's like, do you want to sit in the Oscars and you'll be at the table with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks? But is it at the front? No, thank you. <laughs> um, Meryl yeah, Streep like, signed a petition to get Roman Polanski. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just like. I don't know. It's like I. I know that like celebrity worship is like a bad thing, but I can't. I'm kind of guilty of it. 
that I, I just I just love watching celebrities and but I mean it's like when, when celebrities die and people go like oh you didn't know them why do you care like oh that's the worst thing that's the worst thing it's like they they still gave and like when people go like do you know like all of these people died today and you're not saying anything about it it's like even though I yeah you're right I don't know both of these people but you know when Robin Williams died he's impacted my life yeah like I enjoyed his movies. I enjoyed the, yeah. what the gifts he gave the world. And yeah. it's like, it, it, I should be able to... People are us. allowed to be sad when someone dies. To yeah. tell You're, someone they're not is just ridiculous. That's one of my like, absolute pet peeves is yeah, someone same. trying to tell you how to grieve. And it's so different because these people like do invite you into their lives. They, like Robin Williams, like you see him in various movies, so you feel like you do know him. Whereas like it's pretty hard to be sad about someone you've never physically i remember when carrie fisher died one of um my friends was like who cares like what did she ever do for society and i was like well she actually paved the way for like strong female characters and because in our society we're all paid we're all like we're all racing to be the better feminist he was like oh yeah yeah okay fine that's that's, that's, that's a good point um this next point i've got it's it's an argument that's kind of close to me. I don't know if this if this would speak to everyone. It's kind of a weak argument. Um, the Oscars promote films you'd never see otherwise. So there are so many films every year that I might have heard of them, but I probably wouldn't go see them if they weren't. Wouldn't, like Call Me by Your Name's a great example. I haven't seen that yet, but I really want to because it's nominated for an Oscar. And everyone's talking about Lady Bird's another example. You say everyone's talking about, but I feel like <laughs> I've, I've just been talking about it a lot. <laughs> and you're the Oscars to me. Um, so on this, French actress Isabel Huppert <laughs> Huppert had the had the following to say. That's the is that the lady from um, the Muppets? Yeah, from the Muppets. <laughs> Huppert from the Muppets. <laughs> no, isn't that the really like old lady from that French film? Someone, yes. someone, help me out. Yeah, she's the really old lady from the French film. From the French film. Come on. Can- Are you thinking of Isabella Rossellini? Maybe. From a f- She was nominated for Best Actress for a few years ago for a film about like getting old. Amour? Maybe it's Amour. Yeah, I think it might be... Now, someone, someone should look this up, and I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, the quote is, I am grateful that the Academy is bringing attention to a French-speaking actress like me. It doesn't happen very often, so it gives me even more pride. The Oscars are very American are a very American celebration and sometimes welcome and bring attention to foreign films. Also, for quite a few years, cinema hasn't been exclusively entertaining. You expect some films to be like a window to the world, to make you think, to make you rebel. The Oscars cover so many different movies, they're the perfect example of that. I was wrong, wasn't I? Uh, she was in a movie called Al. I think that was her big. Ah, oh, right. Her big mm, she's she's film. young. Um, Emmanuel Reva is the Amor. Oh, right. she's not young. She just looks real young in one of these photos. She's been well, she's in hundred and ten films since nineteen seventy one. So, whoa. Um, that's a yeah. That's that's a that's a really heartfelt kind of special quote, isn't it? Like, yeah, and it sort of relates to the like best foreign film category. I think. Yeah, like, yeah. That I think that's wonderful in showcasing like international films that we might never have heard of or seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's actually quite interesting going to check out the foreign language film because it's like the Oscars nominate these are the best films that Hollywood made, and then like. These are the and then the foreign language is like this is the best film from the entire world. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's in a different. It has to be in a different language. But um, like, 
Yeah, if you watch the foreign language films, oftentimes they're actually really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, The Hunt is incredible. Uh, philanthropist Michael Ovitz also had this to say. The Oscars are critical to the survival of the movie business. One of the greatest exports of this country is culture. We dominate that. Always have. I mean, it's a very philanthropist way of putting it, but I agree. Like, that's, that's a cool kind of yeah. way to put it. Um, and that, that actually does sort of lead into our final category for this podcast. The Oscars promote films that are about important topics. Um, this is sort of a rebuttal to the elitism argument from the Oscars are stupid and dumb. And, like, what I love about this is that how many people these days are talking about like how there's too many Marvel films, how like there's too many. Aaron's know, always going on. About that. <laughs> there's, there's, I am. There's too many. There's too many sequels. You know, nothing's original anymore. Those are literally the things I talk about all the time. <laughs> the new Ant Man and the Wasp trailer came out this morning when yeah. we recorded this, and Aaron was like, "Marvel and a sequel." Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah. Who cares? Give me a microphone. I'm gonna be talking about this on the podcast. Ranting, tonight. I believe is the word <laughs> I used, Richard. Ranting. Yeah, and I've, that's a, the, the fact that that is such a prevalent argument that there's no original films anymore. I mean, every year there's a ceremony. The, <laughs> every year there's a ceremony that that promotes and awards a bunch of films that most of the time aren't sequels. And if they are, they're notable for being a sequel. Like, you know, and like, this this is my favorite argument is that, you know, I I like Marvel blockbusters as much as the next guy, but ultimately I want to see a film that changes my life, you know? And like the Oscars go to those films, not, not every film that changes my life wins an Oscar, but the ones that do are in that category. And that, what films have changed you guys' lives? Um, we, uh, None of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see one, but I haven't. No, I've, I can name a few if you want. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm actually genuinely interested. Uh, I would. I always told people that that the movies that changed my life, all my favourite movies, would be Twenty Eight Days Later, um, Children of Men, um, About a Boy. I really like Five Hundred Days of Summer. I really like. I really like a movie called Begin Again, which is also directed by John Carney, the guy I did once. And well, when I, you say these change your life, is it like? Yeah, in what way? They just gave you like a new appreciation for film. I just want to say Hot Fuzz and The Dark Knight as well because yeah. I didn't want to not mention the, two, the literally two others on the list. Yeah. Um, they changed my life because they just tapped into something in me, and I'll never forget any of those movies. Yeah. Like, the, the, I don't. I don't typically rewatch films. Yeah. Um, not not at not with you know the the lifestyle that I have. I don't have time to rewatch a film. You know, all the time. But those movies, I keep very close to my heart those movies taught me things those movies changed my life you know i'll never forget how they made me feel and they have informed how i write and how i tell stories as well i could do the same for tv shows you know Mm. like my my creative voice has been influenced by those movies i don't know if i can make a list of things that like they changed like movies that fundamentally changed my life because i couldn't say how they changed my life if you know what i mean but i mean if you think about movies that are like have stuck with me and are like events in my life that I still think about. Um, couldn't give you a list, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. I was, trying to be like, uh, I was like, yeah, oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be like, um, you know. Like, do you have like a film that you like you credit with like getting you into acting or anything like that? Uh, like the performances you remember watching when you were real little being like, Damn. That's what I want to do. No, because like uh, I have a really 
like crappy scent movie sense i'm pretty <laughs> oh, into like rom comedy and stuff so like yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of uh matthew mcconaughey's early work you're like <laughs> yeah i want to kiss kate hudson god i want to just be that muscular um no 10 just... guys i hate about you wait <laughs> yeah i mean just even just watching movies at like nine or ten or whatever and seeing yeah. that and being like damn man mm. even just like crappy movies being like oh damn that's amazing yeah that's so incredible i remember like I th- i'm pretty sure like back to the future was the first like yeah. one of the first like life-changing because that was one that my parents deliberately like withheld from me until i was not old enough to be like oh you know the reference is sex and stuff like that but like you like it's just like so that's we a know sex reference we know richard will love this one day but we don't want to show it to him too early so he doesn't appreciate it and then i saw it and i was like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen and that probably that's probably what got me into film and that's like I, the first film i remember being like i have to consume everything about this film i need to like know every behind the scenes trivia i'll get like i that's it's the only film i've had on like actually the trilogy i had on i had a trilogy on vhs i have the trilogy on dvd and i had the trilogy on blu-ray and um there's this like all these like behind the scenes things i'd read all these theories online and shit like that um and there's that um there's a few things that like feel like life-changing experiences but i couldn't tell you like how my life has changed um but re- most recently obviously call me by your name that was like a film that like at the end of it i was just frozen in my seat it affected me so much yeah. and i still think about it on a daily basis um but yeah like big fish is another one that i'm just like mm-hmm. absolutely in love with um but there's like certain films so if, if like back to the future got me into film then i'd probably have like other films that got me into like directing and yeah that, that's what i was gonna say is like i've from as long as i can remember i've been a storyteller you know like i've been creative but it was the dark night that was like it was actually my friend. Well, uh, you're like, I could probably do better than this. <laughs> my friend Johnny came up to me after, it was either before or after Dark Knight came out and was just like, let's make movies because the Dark Knight's awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, where I am today. Funny if that was before the Dark Knight came out. He did, he did tell me, I remember him telling me that like, I remember being like, you know, like you just get, you see what movies are coming out this year and you just, you just know what one, he's got a British accent. I'm not doing an impersonation of him. And he's like, you, you just know, you just know what ones are going to be the best movie of the year. Like last year, it's Transformers. This year, it's Dark Knight. <laughs> 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 Couldn't be further in my mind now, but, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is, this is a very, um, this is a very intimate moment for the Cop Popture podcast sort of talking about our biggest inspirations. I like this. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't have anything to do with you guys. <laughs> not, uh, not one movie, you not, can not one title. I just can't think that far back into my life. But is the, what was the last movie you saw that you really liked? That like affected you? That deeply affected me. Probably the Florida Project, to be honest. Cool. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I real need to watch that. So the Florida Project's what got you into acting? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That was it. There was no script, but anyway. Anyway, um, so on the subject of films changing your life and being about important things, um, Universal Pictures chairman Donna Langley had the following to say. Growing up on the Isle of Wight, a rural island off the coast of England, my family and I would tune into the Oscars every year. During my most formative years, I watched films like Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, Amadeus and Out of Africa win Best Picture. True stories about extraordinary people doing extraordinary things helped shape my view of the world and made me fall in love with film. Um, returning to the, the, the Mike actor, writer, Lin-Manuel Miranda had the following to say. Why should we ignore for three hours what we're talking about 24 hours a day? I mean, that applies. I put that in there because that applies to you and me. But 
and maybe Aaron a little bit but like well we talk about movies all the time so we should probably be into the ceremony that says this is the best of the year okay I I interpret this thing differently as um, why should we ignore for three hours being the length of a film oh Um, what we're talking about 24 hours a day so it's like if we've got so say at the moment it's hashtag me too there's there's this like conversation about consent and sexual harassment Um, so why should you watch a movie and ignore all of that for three hours you know, like right. when, like the film should represent what's I'm, going on I'm in the world. I'm sure he's talking about the Oscars, but that's still a relevant argument. Yeah. <laughs> um, here we go. Entrepreneur Mark Cuban. All oh, right, he made it. So he made a documentary called Enron: The Smartest Guys in the Room. Apparently, it's amazing. I haven't seen it. Mm. And he had the following to say on the Oscars: Making this movie wasn't uh, about how much money we could make. The goal was to tell a true story about a company that destroyed the lives of so many. Being nominated for an Oscar was special. We didn't win, but it helped propel Alex to many great accomplishments and eventually his own Oscar. That's what makes the Oscars so special. It introduces the world to amazing talents and helps propel them to even greater heights. That kind of follows on from what I said earlier about um, Jordan Peele, Camille Nanjiani, is that now they're Oscar nominees for the rest of their life. You can never take that away. And so the next, because the Oscars are such a circle jerk and... You know, the next film Jordan Peele makes is already going to have a buzz, have buzz around it. If Camille Nanjiani writes another film, it's going to have buzz around it. Yeah. Like, it's just automatically getting butts and seats. For if them. Hugh Jackman comes out of retirement and decides to play Wolverine again. There you go. Exactly. Um, am I saying this right? Wonderco. Wonderco? Uh, yeah, I guess. Wonderco founder. Well, I've heard of Jeffrey Katzenberg, but I've never heard of Wonderco. Yeah. Uh, so Jeffrey Katzenberg had the following to say. In 1974, I was 23, newly arrived from New York, living in living La Vida La La. One day, I was driving my first black Mustang down Sunset Boulevard. Top down, sun streaming in, and all around me were billboards for that year's Academy Award nominees. The Sting, The Exorcist, American Graffiti, Redford, Nicholson, Streisand, Joanne Woodward. Surrounded by all that greatness, the Oscars suddenly went from being a gold statue to a gold standard. Until that moment, it had been just a trophy handed out in a glitzy show. But now I saw it as an icon of excellence for the industry I was part of. Sure, I was just a PA on the ladder's bottom rung, but those billboards inspired me to reach high. Four decades later, I understand maybe obsessed with billion-dollar blockbusters, but the Oscars still remind me of what matters most. Which is why, given the choice in 1974 or in 2017 between a pot of gold or that golden statue, it would be the Oscar every time. My hope is it would be the same for every other 23-year-old out there today. So this tapped on tapped on a kind of thought that I hadn't had until I read it. And what I love is what he, what he says here, the Oscar suddenly went from being a gold statue to a gold standard. Film as a industry, as a thing that consumes so much of our lives, in my opinion, should have a gold standard. And the Oscars, yeah, that can be the gold standard. Like, and that sort of plays into all these. Well, like every film should be as good as that. No, I'm saying that that you need a, you like if if there wasn't a, what what would happen with to it to an industry without a gold standard? Everyone would just be going going nuts making like things that that are subpar, making things that don't matter, making things that don't that aren't as good as they 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 could be, right? Like, I feel like saying the Oscars are a, is a gold standard is a great way to... It's that same argument that I was talking about before about being like people complaining about um, sequels and all that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, these are here. These are the gold standard. This is what... 
if you want to win an Oscar, you've got to make a certain type of film. And those films are usually good. It's also like, like at le- the good thing about the Oscars is this strong definitive statement of like, this is who we are and this is what we think is like good movies, you know. And part of like the goodness of making a strong definitive statement is it's like it gets everything out in the open. And if you don't believe in it or in the, the, the principles that it upholds, then you can fight against it, you know, or you can try and undercut it or circumvent it or whatever, you know, like it's... I think it's it's better to have a strong definitive statement of like we think that this is the best thing rather than like nothing. Yeah, rather yeah. than just being like all films were good. All films are good. Yeah, that's such a shitty argument. Like yeah, that's it. Like people who complain that like all like all of those those anti Oscar arguments that, that we talked about except for the probably the biggest one about it being evil. It's like all that all that other stuff of like it's like, yeah, I just want this here. There's nothing wrong with it necessarily. Like, it's honouring something that doesn't have to affect your life if you don't want it to. So just leave me alone <laughs> and let me enjoy the Oscars. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that's what it boils down to yeah. is that you, you can react to it as much as you want. Yeah. And so if you want to let it upset you for whatever reason, then be my guest, but you're just angering yourself. If you don't care about it, fine. If But, you know, don't stop me caring about it because mm. you're not going to. Mm. whatever whatever problems there are in hollywood that people think the oscars represent it's more than the oscars it's these are fundamental root issues that are being some of them are being addressed today and that's being reflected in the oscars yeah but today 31st of january 2018 <laughs> but some of them are being addressed you you're allowed you, you're allowed to honor movies that you think are exceptional yeah <laughs> I, I mean like film in a sense is subjective so i it's interesting that there's no argument there are oh, there, there, there was kind of but not really an argument for just like you know you can't say films are better than others because i mean that's sort of the the yeah. competition one yeah yeah um but yeah like that to me that's the biggest argument against it is you it's hard to because it, because it's art and art is therefore subjective mm-hmm. is that you can't really but then at the same time it's like it's almost like you have to just accept that the oscars are x type of films and they're and every year the best x films the best oscar films are going to be nominated so like and that's where the argument of oh well, it's never going to win an oscar but you can still enjoy it which is like sometimes a ridiculous argument um but yeah, like I think there's a subcategory of film which is like Oscar contenders. Like the short, there's like a shortlist for Oscars that come out every year, and then that becomes the nomination, that becomes the winners. And then some, occasionally you get breakthrough hits, Big Sick, Logan, etc. Yeah. Not if we called Logan a break breakthrough hit. But well, I mean, it's, it's something that, that doesn't fit into yeah, yeah. X, but yeah. it's still got yeah. nominated. Or Mad Max Fury Road. I remember. That yeah, was- Mad Max Fury Road is, is probably the biggest example of yeah. a genre hit doing quite well at the oscars because it, it, it was clean like you can divide the ceremony it like literally at the halfway point mad max won everything in the first half of the ceremony and then didn't win anything for the rest of the night right so i won all like the technical awards and yeah stuff. and i was like shit it's actually gonna do it and then <laughs> no cool cool well that that about wraps up do you do you have anything else you, any more thoughts aaron no i don't think so so um, if you're listening to this, wanting wanting to know what our what our consensus is, it hasn't really changed from the beginning. 
They're fine. Yeah, we all like the Oscars. For <laughs> I don't know, we, kind of, we kind of have our own reasons a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, I just it's, for me, I consider it like a guilty pleasure. But I, I just get into it, and it's for me, it's a reason to watch movies. Same with like the film for just fortnights we do. Is it's, it's a reason to push me to go watch movies and seeing myself the goal of watching all the nominees yeah, is yeah. like I, you know, I've got a deadline and, and certain films to watch, and ninety percent of them are really good, or I enjoy them. Hmm. Cool, cool. That's it. That's the end. Goodbye. Made it. Um, <laughs> if you if you enjoyed this podcast, then please um, hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We haven't said that for a while, but that actually bumps us up on iTunes, which is we've recently found out is our least. Um, how, how would you put this? The the place that people are listening to us the least, <laughs> from what we can see. If that's inc- like if you listen on iTunes, send, send us a message. But, um, yeah, no, uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. That's where a lot of these podcasts are hosted. You can also find us on YouTube. This episode won't be on YouTube, but we do do stuff on YouTube. And yes, I said do do. Oh, thank you. I was just about to stop. Um, <laughs> we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. That's where you can kind of talk to us i feel twitter and facebook are the best places to communicate with us um and we've also got an instagram which is just a bit of fun just a bit of fun yeah we just we post the films when we watch them for yeah the just um so yeah thank you very much and congratulations to aaron for making it through his first um cult pops podcast is it in fun? this boiling hot it's room so <laughs> it's hot. so hot and you know the, like the worst thing about like this is a universal podcast problem is you can't put a fan on yeah because that'll sound like this <laughs> So you can't put a fan on. Um, what about aircon? I've gone through two bottles of water, but I don't need to pee at all because I think I sweated it all out. Oh yeah. Um, do you do you boys want to go get some ice cream? I would love to. I would love to. All right. Let's go get ice cream. Um, you guys wait right here. We'll be back with ice cream. <laughs> <laughs>